This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. So simple this weekend. Sometimes you you wonder whether it's too basic, too simple. But I am convinced that actually we do need a time of returning to that which is of most importance. Because sometimes as we travel on, we forget the things that are foundational. And so I want to ask you to come with me again to uh, the scriptures. Open your Bible with me. Don't don't look at it. Just open it ready so we can move through. Uh, and this message is. Uh, from John's Gospel, chapter 15. John's Gospel, chapter 15. And whilst you're finding that, let's just pause and pray and ask God to just come down uh, as he wants to, as he longs to and he desires, as we uh, feed upon his word. Lord Jesus, we ask for an open heaven over this place. Thank you for the praise and the worship that has ascended to the throne of heaven today from this place. And Lord, we ask that as we open your word, and, and, and feed upon it that it would be nourishment to our spirit and nourishment, life to our very bones and our soul. And we ask, Lord, that you will minister uh, so intimately and personally to each one tonight that we will know that we've been right before the throne of God, that we've walked into the Holy of Holies, Lord, and that we've come face to face with Christ, as it were. And as we come face to face to you, Lord Jesus, we pray for that openness and transparency that it won't be so much us reading the word as you reading us and us hearing from your voice and hearing from heaven will bring transformation. So Lord, we commit this time that we spend together. We say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, this is uh, the final message entitled Becoming a Follower of Jesus. The Word of God challenges us to follow the Lord as his disciples until we have completed the course of life. It's not just for a season of life. It is until we have completed everything that God has called us to do. We must finish well. Amen? You've started, some of you in the middle, some of you a little bit closer to the end, but we must finish well. And of course, when I use the word finish well, I'm sure in your mind you are reminded of the words of the great apostle Paul when he said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I remember when my father, apparently I wasn't there, um, I was away on ministry when my father took his last breath in hospital, but when, when he was struggling and my mother, being a, an amazing woman of God, said to him, Norman, what on earth's wrong with you? Why don't you want to go to be with Jesus? <laughs> you, know, you can imagine it, a real powerful woman of faith. What on earth's wrong with you? Go on. <laughs> can you believe it? Such release in a spirit and that was my mum, that is my mother. And uh, just, uh, you know, I remember as I think about my father drawing his last breath, I remember also him saying to me that he would love to be able to start it all over again. 
but we can't, can we? But I tell you what we can do, we can finish well. You can consider from this moment that you are in your life and you can set things in place as a result of this weekend that we spend together so that from this time on until we complete, we will finish the course and we will keep the faith. Having begun with Jesus, the challenge is that we continue to the end. The decision that you made to be a follower of Jesus was not just the beginning. It must make spiritual progress. We must begin to do. We must begin to put into practice what the Lord has called us to do. And of course, he is our example on how to live. So we must continue. I want to just define that word as we move into the main body of the message shortly. To define the word continue. To continue means to remain, means to remain in a particular condition or place. And in this context, it means that we remain in the spiritual condition we have taken up in the Lord. I love that because very often in our minds, we're thinking we, we must make progress to be completely in him. But actually, the moment that you came to Christ, you were found in him. He placed you in himself and he came into you. That's it. That's it. He came in in his fullness he came in his, his completeness and he came to reside and abide and remain in you. And friends, he's not going anywhere. I will never leave you or forsake you. Thanks be to God. When Jesus came in, he came in to stay. That's the spiritual condition that we take up when we come to, come to Christ. Then, of course, it means to carry on a particular course of action until completion just reminding us again, we serve till the end. And then it means uninterrupted following of the Lord. We continue, we do not backslide. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is not a time for you to backslide. Hey, come on. This is not a time to backslide. This is a time to press in and continue in the Lord. But here's something else. It can mean, and this is where the miracle of the word comes. It can mean having been interrupted, we then return to Christ and continue. And we continue as if there has never, ever been an interruption. Now, in our minds, we think our spiritual life was interrupted. Something happened, and that can be a major thing. But the moment that we come back to Christ, the moment that we are restored and renewed, it is just as if we never sinned. And the restoration of God is so complete, he doesn't remember it. And we are able to pick up and continue in our walk with God. Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible says that we must continue in certain things if we are going to complete the journey well. Friends, you know, when I come on a Sunday evening, there's always that temptation in my spirit to just get, get on with what I love to do, and that's get my hands on you and start prophesying and praying. But, but I also know that we must deliver the Word of God, and we must focus in on that because that prepares the land of your life for the Word of God to come in and be real and be meaningful to us. So I want to complete this message. I've started, so I'll continue and I'll complete it. Amen? Amen? So here we are. So there are certain vital things that I want to remind you of. Firstly, so simple, continue in the Lord. That's basic. 
continue in the Lord. Now, that is more than continuing to do the things that we think please God, although it's important. This is about remaining connected to Christ. This is about remaining connected in your relationship, in your spirit, remaining in him, being joined, amen, in heart, being joined in spirit. There was a definite change in you when Jesus came in. It isn't just a theory. It isn't just an idea. It isn't just some sort of spurious experience of something that happened out there when you were moved emotionally. The moment that you made your good confession of faith, the Bible says that he came in to indwell you. He came in to remain in you. He came in to abide in you. And he comes into you by the power of the Holy Ghost. He comes in in the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to begin to live your life aware of the fact that the Holy Ghost is residing and remaining in you. Amen. You say, I've never felt it. I never asked that. I never asked if you felt it. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus said, I've come to remain and abide in you by the power of my spirit. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the Holy Ghost on the inside. Amen. Wow, wonderful. We have become the very dwelling place of God. That never ceases to amaze me. The very dwelling place of God. That makes you wake on a Monday morning different. That makes you approach your working life different. That makes you approach your family and your future and your finances totally different because we know we are connected to him. And in John chapter 17, Jesus said that we have received the spirit of the truth of the truth that the world cannot receive. Amen. The spirit of truth that the world cannot receive. So this is not just uh, an accident. This is not just something that just happened to you. This was the plan and the purpose of God that at a moment in time, Jesus Christ would get hold of your life and you would be saved and he would put his Holy Ghost on the inside of you. That is marked. That has marked you. That has absolutely marked you as belonging to God. Amen. One day the people across the face of the earth will receive the opposite mark, the mark that tells them they do not belong to God. But right now, if the Holy Ghost is abiding in you, he has, he has marked you, and the mark tells you that you belong to God. Amen. It tells heaven that you belong to God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm marked. Woo! I'm a marked man. Woo! Glory to God. A marked man as belonging to God. So Jesus said, remain in me. Amen. And that's the term he used, isn't it? Remain in John 15. Remain in me means to abide in me. And he used this term when he describes the vine and the branches as a description of our relationship with him. You remain in me, I remain in you. And that's what makes you totally different from anybody else in the world that has never received Christ. So let's open the book and read John chapter 15 and verse 1. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've <laughs> spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I am him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers and, the, and such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. This is my Father's to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." Friends, the hearers knew exactly what Jesus was saying when he used this example of the vine. I love what one writer says. Firstly, he said, the people knew that it was a plant that needed a great deal of attention, a great deal of attention in order for it to produce fruit. They knew careful preparation of the soil was needed. You see, the vine grew vigorously. And it spread over the ground and up around doors and terraces. And so quick was the growth that each plant had to be 12, planted 12 feet apart. The young vine was not allowed to produce fruit for three years. It was drastically cut, drastically pruned to conserve the life and energy. And they knew there were two types of branches, one that was fruit-bearing and one that does not. And the one that does not produce fruit was drastically cut back. No draining of life and strength from the main plant could be permitted, so they cut it away. And they also knew that the wood itself was of no value. It was just fit for burning. If you remember in Judaism, once a year, there was an offering brought to provide wood for the fires in the temple, but they were not permitted to bring the wood from the vine. It was useless. It was burned outside the city. And of course, in this context, Jesus is thinking of two fruitless branches. The first fruitless branch was the Jews who rejected him. But thank God they will be saved. Amen. Israel will be saved. But the second branch that was fruitless was the Christian who made profession without practice, words without deeds, or my way, all leaves and no fruit. The branches are of no value unless they are connected to the vine who is Jesus. The branch cannot produce fruit of its own. Have you noticed that once you start walking with Jesus, if we're not careful, the flesh tries to kick in and thinks it can produce good things and start to think about doing good works and things that we think will cause us to grow spiritually. How important it is for us to come to the feet of Jesus as we were hearing this morning and ask God to keep us deeply connected into him so that we do not begin to build by our own energy, our own wisdom, and our own ways, but that we are honoring God in every decision that we make in every act of service. So friends, we recognize that we draw our nourishment from the Spirit of God and from the Word of God. We must remain in him. We must abide in him. That means we stay connected to him. And there are several things that help us to stay connected to Jesus. Let me just share them with you quickly. Firstly, fellowship with him. Hallelujah. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Think about it a moment. Just the miracle of you in your humanity, still in the body, 
filled with the Spirit, abiding in him, able to fellowship and walk with God. That's amazing. Isn't that wonderful? He said, Pastor, I don't feel as if I am walking with God. Well, you can. There's no restriction over you. There's no limit over you. You have the same Savior inside you. You have the Lord of glory abiding in you, residing in you. You are totally free to walk with God. The decision and the choices that we make are the things that influence that. The things that we focus on, the things that we uh, uh, put our mind to, the things, the time that we spend doing things that we want to do, our motivations, our heart's desires, our ambitions, our, our goals, our dreams, and all these things, if they are shaped by the flesh, then we will not walk with God. But if they are shaped by the Spirit, we will be men and women who really do walk with the Lord in fellowship. And that's what it takes, isn't it, friends? That we would walk with God. Think about him. Oh, God, how often do your people, not on a Sunday when we come into this beautiful building, but how often do your people actually <coughs> begin to think about you? Have you on their mind worshipping and exalting him? He's told us also what will break fellowship. He convicts us, he convinces us of that which is acceptable and right in his sight and that which isn't. And then we stay connected by walking in obedience. Amen? Oh, we are strong-willed, aren't we? The flesh is strong. Obedience. We stay connected by feeding upon his word. Let this be bread to your soul. And then we stay connected by remaining connected to the body of Christ, which is the church. We were saying the other day, Pastor Dave and I, how difficult it is to actually begin to see, bring people out into the family of God at the same level that we once saw. I want to tell you, Pastor Dave, that's no different anywhere. Mr. Soundman. There is a trend. There is a trend. What used to be every week went to a fortnight. A fortnight's becoming three weeks. People prefer to do football with the kids on a Sunday than bring them to the house of the Lord. Breaks your heart. It's not because pastors need bums on seats. Sorry about the deep theology. No, it's because we have a real heart. We have a real heart to see a generation one for Christ. And then we wonder why our children, when they get into the teens, uh, are really not living the life that God has called them to live. And there's a generation slipping through the net if we're not careful. Train a child in a way they should go. They will not depart from this path. It's just a vital thing. Friends, I want to challenge you. Moms and dads, I want to challenge you. It's going to get tougher to actually cause that to happen because there'll be resistance against it because their mates will be doing the opposite, their friends will be doing the opposite. But if you put the right parameters in your family life, I want to tell you, you will reap the harvest where they lose.
you will gain. And that's a word from heaven and receive it as from the Lord. So we need to be connected to the body of Jesus. Listen, I don't believe that we need to see little pockets and little groups springing up everywhere. We need to be the body of Jesus, united in our hearts together in service. Amen? So if we are continuing in the Lord, there will be definite evidence. God will produce fruit in us. It will be eternal fruit, and it will last. And we can cultivate that growth. We can cultivate that growth by cooperation and the decisions and the choices that we make. We will be showing ourselves to be disciples. Amen? And then that's the first point. The second point, let me move on quick. We must continue in his love. Looking at this chapter, the two more verses says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. Friends, let's recognize that we are not called to a shallow Christian life. Do you think we do live a shallow Christian life in this age? I think we possibly do. But we are called away from that. It's not to be a, a life of rules and regulations. We are called to continue in the love of God and to allow ourselves to go deeper as the years pass. I was talking with um, Pastor Dave and Rob and uh, just saying how I remember as a little boy being in the meetings with the Cameron brothers and uh, names that these guys will all associate with and um, just remember looking at some of them, some of them my own relations, and as a little boy looking up with uh, just amazement in my eyes, thinking, Lord Jesus, when I grow up, I want to be just like that. And that's a great thing, you know, so that your children and your families are seeing men and women of God in the family of God, in the fellowship, where they watch you and they observe how you move in the spirit. They observe how you move through life. They observe how you operate in church life. And, and, and they want to be like you. And you say, there's nothing wrong with that because even Paul said, imitate me. I follow Christ as a, imitate me. And so that can be a good thing. I hope that that will happen in your heart as you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to see God filling us with his love so that other people will see that we are his disciples. We're not called to a shallow Christian life. And I, what an amazing thing to know that God has placed his supernatural love in us. When we received Jesus Christ, he came in by the power of the Spirit, and this supernatural love was born in you. You will be able to operate in characteristics and fruits of the Spirit that will cause reactions and responses in you that ordinarily you wouldn't make. Ordinarily you would react in the opposite way, maybe with anger and resentment and reaction and response and bitterness. So these things will eventually cause wounds and, 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 and things that will break your heart. But thanks be to God, even when people mistreat you, even when you've suffered abuse or you've been passed by at work or a, a word has been said, something like that, you are so filled with the supernatural love of God that you will not react in the ordinary way that you would and God has placed this love in us and this love will produce eternal joy in your life like nothing else can 
And I want to tell you, just focusing on positive things and the natural good things in the world that God has given will not cause you to have this love and this joy, but God will produce it in your heart. The love of Christ was born in you. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Turn to your neighbor and remind them you're filled with the love of Christ. What is this love of Christ? What is this? What type of love is this? Let me remind you of what type of love this is. Firstly, it is unchangeable. Amen. Ah, lovely. Unchangeable. He's always loved you. His love never fails. It is sacrificial. He gave absolutely everything for you. And as I walk you through these things, you know, these are now characteristics that should be in us. And then his love is inseparable. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ Jesus? Then his love compels us. You know, his love compels us by force, not violent force, but with the force of constraining action and love by his presence, by his revelation. He draws us with a love that will not let us go. And we must respond to that love and receive his impact upon our lives. And then this love is manifest in us, supernatural divine love that flows through the vehicle of the human heart and the human mind. And this is what produces sacrifice and service acceptable to God. That's the motivation for service and sacrifice, the love of God. Actually, friend, you know it as well as I do. Love is the proof of your discipleship. Reminding you of John 13, 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. Don't you think we need to see our fellowships drenched and baptized in the love of Jesus more than we ever have before? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people come through the doors and what they say about our fellowship says, I've never known love like it. I've never seen love like it at the highest level. And then John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Then the third thing, turn to your neighbor and say, he's doing really well, he's on his third point. <laughs> There's four tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually <laughs> you thought we were on the home run yes we are <laughs> continue in my word continue in my word friends in this age of distortion in this age of blindness and in this age where there is so much confusion we must continue in the word of God listen we are going to come into a season and, and listen to my voice right now this is so so important you understand this we will come into a season and it won't take long for us to get there when we are challenged to the very core of what we believe and it will be presented to society that what we hold to cannot make us acceptable as citizens because what we hold to will, will be regarded as totally extreme. Yeah. 
we will be looked on as extremists and because we preach a plain and true gospel, we will be totally misunderstood. Pastors and leaders will perhaps be hauled up before courts uh, and you will see it with your own eyes in our time and in our day. And I'm telling you, church, what you need to do right now is get yourself absolutely full of the knowledge of God. You need to be absolutely on fire with the Holy Ghost and filled with his character and his nature because if you're not right with God, I want to tell you, if you're in a backslidden condition or away from him or lukewarm or whatever, you will not stand in the type of time that we are going to live through because persecution will come. And I want to tell you, you will be regarded as a radical you will be uh, looked on as someone who is so extreme and you will be regarded as dangerous. And you say, Pastor, surely that won't happen. Listen, Fred, I want to tell you, it will happen. And we need to know the truth. And we need to be men and women who will stand up and be counted as we were hearing last night, whatever the cost. I don't think that we've ever lived in a time right like now, you know, I mean, I'm 57 years and I don't know whether I've ever been alive at a time when I've been so aware of God shaping things up for his coming. I want to stand today on this platform and say, I believe that Jesus is coming. Tell my people he's coming soon. With the words of my nan, when she thought she was going into glory and, he, and the Lord said, it's not your time, go back and tell my people I love them and tell them I'm coming soon. It won't be long, it won't be long. Time is running out. You say, Pastor, you're making me frightened. No, we don't need to be frightened, but we do need to be filled. We need to be filled with Jesus and full of the word of God. And you see, this is not a gospel that will make people feel happy. This is not, not a message that will make people feel that they can, you know, oh, great, we're going to have a great week, we're going to prosper. This is not about improving your life or your world. This is about sacrificing for Jesus and for the kingdom and for loving people through these great and dark times. So in this age of distortion, we must continue in the word. Continue in my word. You really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, in this age in our schools where the kids are just encouraged to form their own opinions and beliefs, and believe you me, in our schools right now, our children have been taught the opposite of what the Word of God teaches, and they have been told that this is not a theory, this is not a view, this is it. Evolution and all this rubbish that's coming through into our schools. And if you mention Jesus, particularly Jesus, then there's reaction. So we need to see God keep us in the Word of God. And then the question is asked, what is truth? Well, praise God, even Pilate asked that. <laughs> Thy Word is truth. Hold to truth. Friends, I believe we can see a definite pattern of growth. I just want to move down, Paul. Definite pattern of growth. 
somebody wrote these beautiful words. I think it's fantastic. Bring them up on the screen for me, Paul. We obey his word, we grow in spiritual knowledge. When we grow in spiritual knowledge, we grow in freedom from sin. And this is real life. When real life leads to learning and learning leads to liberty, there's no doubt about it that the knowledge of God, knowing the truth, will bring us to the liberty of God. And then the fourth vital thing that we must do, friends, is continue in the Spirit. I said this morning that we must be men and women who live by the power of the Spirit. Never try to normalize your experience of God. It seriously worries me when churches actually try to make it as normal as they can so that people will feel at home. I've got an issue with that because I think, you see, we need a breakthrough. And I think that if we are going to need a revival and a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and it won't be user-friendly. Amen. It won't. When we see God touch the church with the fire of the Holy Ghost, when we read about the Welsh revival, when we read about Azusa Street, when we read about all the revivals in history, it wasn't user-friendly. God took us into a dimension of growth that was absolutely supernatural, and that's the desire of our hearts, isn't it? So your life is meant to be lived in the power of the Holy Ghost. Remember the time when Paul arrived in Ephesus and he discovered the believers there had, uh, uh, had the baptism of repentance, as it were, but they'd never been baptized in water and they'd never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they were baptized in water, the apostle laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And then he went on to write in Galatians these beautiful things that can help us as he challenges us. He says, having begun in the Spirit continue in the spirit amen live by the power of the spirit learn to draw upon the power of the spirit and he will provide the strength that you need as you walk through these days be led by the spirit learn to hear the voice of god i wonder if that's something that you've never actually cultivated or practiced learn yourself to hear the voice of God. You say, how do I start? Open this book and ask God to speak and bring his knowledge to you, to instruct you. You will hear from heaven. Keep in step with the Spirit. Learn what pleases him. There are some things that he will be uncomfortable with, and if you learn what is comfortable, you will feel a discomfort inside you know that something's not right for you. Some places are not right for you. Make a sharp exit and make sure that you keep in step with the Spirit. And then finally, so to please the Spirit of God. Concentrate upon the things that please the Holy Ghost. You won't have time to do the things that he's not happy with if you're concentrating on the things that please the Holy Spirit. Amen. So friends, tonight I believe God would challenge us once again to be real disciples, that we would be true followers of Jesus, not just for a moment in life, but having begun, we will run well and we will complete everything God has called us to do. We will finish the course and run 
the race well. Let's be true followers of the Lord until the end. I have got some words written here at the bottom of my iPad. And it says this, the altar. Now, that's often what I will put when I know God has prompted me for a specific altar call. Because guess what? God is big enough to tell me in advance. And this is what I've got written down here. The altar. A true follower of Jesus is always ready to take the next step. Whatever that step might be, a true disciple will always be ready to take the next step. And then there's a list under my altar for salvation, repentance, acceptance, to make a decision to be baptized in water if you've never made that decision, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you've never received, to accept the love of God at a deep level, for healing in heart and mind, and for freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. I just listed those things. I said, I believe God for every one of these things from this meeting tonight. And then my final comments are here. No agenda. Reminding myself. No personal agenda. Just be open to the move and the stirring of the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor Paul, do you go that far in writing that down? Yes, I do. Because I want to get it right. Amen. I want to get it right. You say, well, that's a bit tight. No, 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 that just frees me up. So I can look down and I can see what God told me when I was locked away with him. No agenda. Just open to the move of his spirit. Gotta sell you. That's all I'm here for. Hallelujah. There's a deep anointing over this congregation tonight, Pastor Dave. Wonderful. Do you know, I have a wonderful old hymn just coming to my spirit. I might be able to play it. All to Jesus, I surrender. <laughs> All to him, I freely give. Wouldn't that be a wonderful way of us concluding this weekend together? That we say, Lord, I really give my life. Can you remember what I said about giving our lives? that we think it's just a moment decision and we think it's over. But actually, God is saying to us, actually, I mean, I really want your life. The whole of you. I, I, I want the whole of you. Every moment that you will ever live, every moment that you will ever draw breath, I want you. 
And can you remember what I said about the fact that if we give at that level, understand this, it means you no longer own yourself, but that he owns you. And we belong to him. Thanks be to God. Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.